And I love that we see in this passage where Jesus says, come all you who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. But I also love that the passage doesn't end there. There is a yoke, it says, to take upon. It says, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. Hello, and welcome to the FBC Sermon Podcast. Today's sermon is entitled Overwhelmed by Kyler Barr. It was based on Exodus 18, 13 through 26. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. Anybody ever felt like giving up? I think it's actually a really appropriate time to be talking about something like this. Because one of the things I get to do is I work with churches all over New England uh, is I get this opportunity to talk to, to pastors and youth pastors and leaders within churches and, and people in the business world. And over and over again, I'm hearing that people are more tired than they expected to be. See, we got out of this thing that we call quarantine or pandemic. You guys were aware that happened, right? And, and that we're at least on our way out, we hope. And we got to the spot where we had more availability, <laughs> excuse me, more availability to just go. And we started filling our calendars with plans. And I don't know about you, but I, I feel like I started spinning my tires. And some friends started spinning their tires. And I, I described it to a friend a couple of months this way that I, I just feel like I saw the things that I wanted to do and I knew what I could accomplish before. And, and so I filled the calendar. And then I flooded my engine and I stalled out. And we just have these moments, even when good things are what's happening, where our engines get flooded, where we feel like we're stalling out. I, I, I said that I felt much more like the hare than the tortoise. I couldn't just keep going. And so maybe some of you have crashed recently and you're like, I don't know why. I don't know why I needed that day on the couch. I don't know why I get sick more often than I used to. Maybe it's more than that. But I think all of us need reminders of what to do when we feel like giving up. And so as we look today, we're not looking at, at one specific topic only that would help us to, to feel like we might need to give up. We're actually looking at what happens when all of the topics put together become too much. We're looking at what it means when we're overwhelmed. Uh, we'll look at a story from Moses that you heard in the scripture reading here in just a little while, but I don't have to go to Moses to find stories of overwhelm, right? I remember a couple years ago, uh, we had just so much going on, right? We, were, we had loss, we had change, we had uh, even good things that were happening, but there was just a lot. And I would tell people, you know, we can do any of these things. Like, we can go through any of these difficulties we face. We can walk through any of these individual struggles. But it's like we're full up to here all the time. And so I can, I can walk through another big thing, but I, I literally remember a day when I was taking the, air, the window unit air conditioners out of my boys' rooms, and it just wouldn't come. And can I tell you, I wanted to throw that thing out the window. Like I was done. 
Like that was going to get all the wrath that had built up from all the things that had come over and over and over again. And I just wanted to shove it out the window instead of messing with one more thing. I don't know that it's always an air conditioning unit for you guys, but I imagine you have some of the same things where it's, it's not one particular thing, but with all the things, all it takes is something little and you're like, oh, I'm just so overwhelmed. I think Moses was a little bit in that case. We'll talk about him in just a minute. Before we get to the stories of Mo- Moses, though, uh, see, he, he, we find him in this space where he had already gone and, and been used for the whole, like, let my people go piece, right, if you've seen the movie. Uh, and he had this spot where he goes and he, he goes to Pharaoh, and God uses him through a series of plagues and through crossing of the Red Sea to free the Egyptians from the, from the Pharaoh, to free the Egyptians, there we go, to free the Israelites from the Egyptians, from Pharaoh, and they're able to actually miraculously no longer be enslaved. Pretty big deal. Probably pretty high stress, right? And now he's leading this massive group of people in the in the wilderness as someone who at the beginning of this story didn't even want to speak to people out loud. Now he's representing God to all of them and the will of God to all of them. And he finds himself in this spot where he's dealt with some major challenges here. And in this moment, his father-in-law comes for a visit. Now I want to pause and be very clear here for just a moment. Just personally, this is important that I'm clear. Uh, BJ, if you're listening, this is not a story about being overwhelmed by your father-in-law coming for a visit. You can visit anytime. Okay, good. We can go back to the normal message. BJ understands. Uh, In fact, you saw in this that the father-in-law coming was actually a very good thing because he found an overwhelmed son-in-law. And so I want to read this for us one more time. And I want you to kind of put on your lens of your own overwhelmedness. And see if you can relate to Moses at all in the position that he's in. This is what we find in Exodus chapter 18. And I'm going to start in verse 13 if you want to read along with me. It says, The next day Moses took his seat to hear the people's disputes against each other. They waited waited before him from morning till evening. All right, I'm going to pause a couple times as we read. I have four sons. Their disputes against each other are more than enough for me. I can't imagine all the people's disputes that are much more serious than the nothing that my sons can make up to argue about. But we end up exhausted, right? Because of other people's things added on top of our own. So let's acknowledge that for a second, that it's not even just our own stuff that overwhelms us. Sometimes the the things that are impacting the people around us overwhelm us too. When Moses' father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he asked, what are you really accomplishing here? Why are you trying to do all this alone while everyone stands around you from morning till evening? Moses replied, because the people come to me to get a ruling from God. When a dispute arises, they come to me and I am the one who settles the case between the quarreling parties. I inform the people of God's decrees and give them his instructions. This is not good, Moses' father-in-law exclaimed. We're going to pause again right there. We live in a culture that tells us that getting to a spot where we are really busy because we are really needed is good. And so I just love the statement that Jethro makes right there. Like, this is not good. This is not sustainable. 
This is not good, Moses' father-in-law exclaimed. You're going to wear yourself out and the people too. This job is too heavy a burden for you to handle all by yourself. Now listen to me and let me give you a word of advice and may God be with you. You should continue to be the people's representative before God, bringing their disputes to Him. Teach them God's decrees and give them His instructions. Show them how to conduct their lives. But select from all the people some capable, honest men who fear God and hate bribes. Appoint them as leaders over groups of 1,000, 150, and 10. They should always be available to solve the people's common disputes. But have them bring the major cases to you. Let the leaders decide the smaller matters themselves. They will help you carry the load, making the task easier for you. If you follow this advice, and if God commands you to do so, then you will be able to endure the pressures, and all these people will go home in peace. Moses listened to his father-in-law's advice and, to, and followed his suggestions. He chose capable men from all over Israel and appointed them as leaders over the people. He put them in charge of groups of 1,000, 150, and 10. These men were always available to solve the people's common disputes. They brought the major cases to Moses, but they took care of the smaller matters themselves. Overall in this story, we, we see a spot where his father-in-law finds Moses overwhelmed because he's doing too much. He's holding on to too much. He's trying to do it all. And yet we rarely stop and see that for ourselves. So often we need somebody else to, to help us pause and see that what we're doing is not sustainable. Uh, during that season I talked about, uh, God had also given me a group of friends. A group of friends in ministry who walked alongside me, even from a distance all around New England here, and, and family members who cared for me and loved me, who were able to say, hey Kyler, maybe there's a little too much going on. Hey, Kyler, I know you can do a lot, but maybe this isn't good. And they were able to help me pause and say, wait a second, maybe, maybe it's not one thing, but maybe with all the things I've gotten overwhelmed. And so I hope that you have some friends like that. Some people who are willing to share with you, hey, guess what? <laughs> we, need a sp we need a pause here. We need a moment to slow down and look and see what really matters. And that's what we see Moses' father-in-law provide to him here. A chance to pause and slow down and look and see what really matters. You see, sometimes doing too much is actually what keeps us from getting things done. Sometimes we hold on to too much of it ourselves or we try to do too much at once and it actually keeps us from getting things done because in our overwhelm, we aren't nearly as effective we could, as we could be. We aren't nearly as effective as we would be if we were operating out of peace, if we were operating out of, out of, a, out of a place that said, no, I, I can walk through this, and out of a place of recognition that only part of it is ours to hold. And so as we walk through this, I hope we see that that this idea of delegating that Moses walks through is important. Not just delegating for delegation's sake, but delegating because that's what God has shown us to do. One of the things that God uses to remind me of this often, I was, I was doing another thing that I was trying to hold on to all of. I don't even remember what it was. They come all the time. I, I, I think I'm way more capable than I am. 
and I think I can accomplish more in a small amount of time than is just possible. And it was another one of those situations where there were people around me who could have done different things and helped me out, and I just kind of didn't even think of it because it was all mine to do, and I was holding on to it. And the way that I was reminded of this, the wording that God brought to mind was, if God can delegate to me, I can delegate to others. Here I am serving God, saying, hey, God has given me this to hold. He's delegated this to me. How much greater a drop in effectiveness is that than what my ego is telling me won't get done if I delegate to other people, right? And so as we walk through this, if God can delegate to me, if God can delegate to us, surely we can share the load with each other. And so as we look at this story, I love that that Jethro gives this moment for pause, where he looks at his son-in-law and says, look, this is not good. You may think it's good, it may feel good, it may feel like you are needed and important and valuable and that you're doing the right things. It may even feel like you're just taking on the things God has given you. But you need this pause moment. Or you can kind of say, hey, what's going on here? Why am I overwhelmed? Why is this too much? Is this really what God has for me to do? And so we're going to look at two questions that, that are asked here by Moses' father-in-law of him. And we're going to just kind of see, hey, maybe these can be a, a little framework, a starting place for us when we're overwhelmed. They're both in verse 14. So if you want to flip to verse 14, you'll see these in their context. Uh, but in verse 14, the first question is, what are you really accomplishing here? He looks at him and he just says, what are you really accomplishing here? Uh, Part of that is because he wasn't being as effective as he could be. There are so many things that he wasn't doing because of the time he was spending settling these disputes. Rest was one of them, but there were other priorities he could have picked up if he could have laid these down. And so what are you doing? What are you trying to accomplish here? What's, What's the point? What's your why? Why are you spending your time in this way? Another way to to think of this is, are you carrying the right burdens? Are you carrying the right burdens? Are the burdens that you're holding the burdens that that God has for you? I have a, a friend in ministry, his name's Neil, and he would often say to me, right? It wasn't his originally, he'd gotten it from another friend, but he would often say to me, Kyler, avoid unordained work. Or he'd pray for us, God, keep us from unordained work. It's not that the work wasn't good. It's just not the burden God had for us in that moment. God was at work. He just didn't need us to do all the work. And so as I think about that, I think of a, a well-known passage in Matthew. It's Matthew chapter 11, if you want to, I want to flip there. It's verses 28 to 30. I want to just read this for you quickly. It says, then Jesus said, come to me. All of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. As I think about this passage, I I think about uh, this example I've done before where you, you just have a water bottle that you're carrying around. Right? And, and this, there's nothing wrong with this water bottle. It's useful. It's good. But if I have this as my water bottle for the day, and I'm moving around, this is not going to be an effective long-term water bottle for me. Maybe for some of you, you're way stronger than I am. 
But for me, my arm's already getting tired. Okay, and this is my good arm, people. All right, I got two gallons of water here, and eventually this weighs on me. It's not that water is a bad thing. It's not that I don't need water. But eventually, as I carry this, I'm holding too much. This burden is not my own. This is not a me-sized water bottle if I'm out for a walk or out working. I don't need to drink from the two-gallon jug all the time. But I'm holding this, and it's just too much. Can I tell you, some of you are walking around with five-gallon water jugs. Some of you have whole tankers of water you're trying to pull on a rope behind you. Because we just try to hold too much. And I love that we see in this passage where Jesus says, Come all you who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. He says that He'll, he'll give us a place where we can actually place the burdens that we're supposed to have. That we can give Him the heavy burdens we care and just set them down. Can I tell you, my arms feel better. My arms feel better. But I also love that the passage doesn't end there. There is a yoke, it says, to take upon us. It says, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. See, it's not that there is no burden. We need to remember that we do have burdens to to put down, but we also have a burden to pick up. Often I come to that passage and I want to stop, right? I want to stop early in the verse and I want to say, say, okay, God, rest for my soul sounds good. I'm just going to sit there. Just going to stay and rest for my soul. But the actual rest that he finds here isn't a rest that's the absence of any burden. It's a rest that's carrying the right burden. It's a rest that's walking with the burden that He gives us and recognizing that that burden is actually a gift. You see, when I rest, I'm able to take a water bottle here that was designed for me to carry with me. This is personal size. I'm supposed to be able to carry it as I walk around. It's useful. It's the right amount of water. As I drink this, I'll be be good to go. I don't need all that. There is a burden to pick up. But sometimes we're holding the wrong burdens. Either way, we start by laying our burdens down and surrendering them to God and saying, hey, what is it that you have for me to pick up? We have burdens to put down and a burden to pick up. I wonder if you'll pause with me for a second. Because I say this, and I hope that at least a few of you have thought of some burdens that exist in your life. That it's gone beyond just the general weight And you've started to figure out, oh, there are some things that I'm holding on to. And I would love to pray with you for just a moment. We'll continue with the sermon in a minute, but pray with you for just a moment. And if you will, uh, for some of you, it may help to actually have some physical motion in this prayer. You don't have to get up. I'm not going to make you go around the room or anything. But I would ask you to just start with your hands clenched. Just clench your hands as tight as you can. And let's pray together. As you pray, I want you to pause with your hands clenched and just ask God to let you you know what you need to let go. God, would you reveal to each of us if there are things we're holding on to, if there are things that we are clinging to desperately, God, that just aren't ours to hold. Would you let us know what those are? 
Some of you have never surrendered your burdens to Jesus at all. This rest that he talks about is completely foreign to you. And, and for some of you, surrendering your burden to Jesus in this moment, maybe to say, hey God, I, I need to follow you and surrender all of my life to you. You can release your hands and make that decision now. Others of you may need to keep them clenched because you've surrendered your life to Jesus at some point, but you still find yourself holding on to burdens way too tightly. Sometimes we do that because there's something we just don't feel we can completely trust God with. It's just too important to us. Our, our job, our financial security, who we're going to marry, our kids. For some of you, maybe it's, this, maybe it's something that is wrong that you're holding on to, a sin, something that you know isn't God's best for you, but you just don't want to give it up. For some of you, it's a good thing. That's just not yours to control. And if you're honest, the ministry you're doing for God has become something you're holding on to instead of just being used by Him for. Or maybe there's a loved one that you want to see come to Jesus. That is a good thing. But you need to release it to Him. And so whatever it is, if there's a burden that you could release, I would invite you to just release your hands and, and kind of feel the tension ease out of them. But I want you to keep them open. And, and I love in worship even just putting my hands out in front of me and saying, God, what is it that you have for me? God, I'm ready to receive what you have. Because he has a burden for each of us. And so God, in this moment, would you help us to see the burden that you have for us? See the part that is ours. God, what would you have us pick up? God, would you remind us that the things you have for us to pick up are good? And God, even if they feel tiring, if they feel too much, if they feel overwhelming, would you remind us that they are a gift from you? And would you give us gratitude for them? It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I, I want to encourage you. I'm going to give you just a second. And I don't know that God gave you anything to let go of or to pick up. If, if he didn't, that's okay. Continue to ask him. Continue to bring your burdens to him and let them down and ask him what he has for you in these moments. But I, I wanted to also give a moment for people who do have something that God asked them to put down or asked them to pick up. You came uh, with people or you're near people that are your church family that are here. And I just want to give you a chance for you to either share with someone or to write down in your phone, or to write down on a piece of paper if there's something that God has for you. I'm just going to give you 30 seconds to act. You can actually talk out loud to somebody if there's something that you need to put down or something you need to pick up. I want to give you a moment for that, and then I'll continue with the service.
I hope that didn't feel too terribly awkward for you. I'm sure it did for some of you. Uh, but can I just tell you that we are the people who can be there for each other in moments of overwhelm, right? This church isn't perfect. No church is. And we won't handle each other's overwhelm perfectly. But we will be better if we share things together than if we try to keep them separate and just handle them on our own. And when we let go of things, and, we'll, and when we have a moment with God, we will be better if we celebrate that moment and allow other people to remind us of things. I'll, I'll tell you, there are people that I've shared things with that God has done in my life, or things that He's told me, or things He's reminded me of, and they'll bring it back up and ask me a question at a moment I really didn't want them to. But when I needed them to. And so I hope that you'll do that for each other, that you'll care for each other, that you'll take time not only now, but as you continue in this process of figuring out what is yours to hold and what is yours to let go of, where you'll support each other in that and care for each other in that as families and as friends and as roommates and as colleagues, but really as a church. I do want to go back to Exodus chapter 18. There was one more question in verse 14 I want us to look at quickly. And it has to do with this idea of doing this together as church, as a group of people who are united through God, united through Jesus. You see, the second question in verse 14 is, why are you trying to do this? I'm sorry, let me start again. Why are you trying to do all this alone while everyone stands around you from morning till evening? Why are you trying to do all this alone while everyone stands around you from morning till evening? I think there's this moment where Moses is being called to recognize that he's not even looking at the people surrounding him and the resources there. Why are you doing all this alone? Why do you think this is yours to hold? There's so many people around you who are just standing around who, who need a role. It's not just that they could take a role. I don't think they're being called lazy here. These are people who need a role, who would benefit from a role, who would grow in a role. And sometimes we just need to be reminded that we're not the only one God can use. I want you to actually look at someone next to you. I know this is awkward when it happens. If you don't like it, you can just pretend you're doing it. But look at someone next to you and say, you're not the only one God can use. <laughs> I have a good friend who's, whose wife will just come up to him and do this to his head once in a while. She'll just do this to his head. You know what this is? My friend is being reminded that the world does not revolve around him. Right? I'm not going to make you do that to each other right now. But we do need to remember that we're not the only one God can use. In fact, we're not the only one God is using. One of the dangers we have in a, a world that has become so individualized is that we forget that we're not in this alone. And that it's not all about us and that that's a good thing. That we are better when we are a part of something bigger oursel than ourselves than when we're the biggest thing we can imagine. And so as we walk through this idea, I love this question, why are you trying to do all this alone when everyone stands around you from morning till evening? Because it, it reminds us, and it rem as it reminded Moses, that there are other people that exist. Romans 12 talks about this a little bit too. If you, if you need a, a chapter to read that'll just smack you in the face sometime, read Romans 12. 
It's got plenty in there that's just like, oh, needed to remember that. But in Romans 12, in verse 4, we read about the body of Christ. It says, just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. See, this isn't even just that you can give things off to people and and they'll get done kind of okay. It would have been better if I did it, but it'll be kind of okay. This is a scenario where we're actually built where there are things that we do well that other people are far better at. And it sounds silly to have to admit that up here in front of you, but we live our lives often like we're the ones who were designed to handle everything. I don't know that you do. I live my life often like I'm the one who was designed to handle everything. And so I need reminders, and I hope you need reminders too, that we are better together, that we are built to be community, and that as we work together, our strengths work together to build up each other's weaknesses, that God God will gift us in certain ways so that when we come together, we're better than we ever are apart. And so when we try to handle everything ourselves and we allow ourselves to become overwhelmed, sometimes it's because we're handling burdens that aren't ours to hold. And holding burdens that aren't ours robs others of their role and robs our community of their contribution. It robs the others of their role, of the gift that it would be for them to be able to live out who God has created them to be. And it, ro- and it robs our community of their contribution because they have something to give, a perspective, a skill, a, a different way of understanding something that you just don't have. And so their contribution is being robbed as well if you're not letting them step into the roles that God has for them because you're holding on too much and so i'd ask you who are the people around you that god wants to use and i don't want to just broadly ask that i want you to say like are there people around me that god may want to use in a role that i'm stepping in and and i'm kind of taking over and not allowing that to be the case now look i know some of you are those people you're the people who always let someone else go to you i want to say this community the larger community of God in New England, and this community need your contribution. Because who you are is a gift to the body of Christ. And the way that you'll walk through even your struggles and your weakness will be used by God as a gift to your community. For those of you who are more than willing to share your gifts, We need to look at who it is that God has called us to to help step into the role that God has for them. And so as you look at this, I guess my challenge for you is, is to say, who is it specifically that God would have me to encourage into the role he has for them? I work with youth and young adults mainly, and I just want to pause here and say, this is one of the reasons we need intergenerational ministry. We have to have intergenerational ministry. We need people older than us in our lives who have their perspectives and who are helping us to be launched into the space we need to be and who we're continuing to help give the platform they need and and we're mutually encouraging each other. But as as you work with people who are younger than you, there's a real need 
as you mentor, not to just try to make a copy of yourself. As you mentor someone younger than you, the idea is that they would learn from your wisdom and be able to apply it to their life. Or learn from your mistakes and be able to apply it to their life. And so as we walk through this, it's that they learn from what has happened in your life and from the questions you'll ask them and the perspective that you can bring, and they'll be actually elevated into the roles God has for them. Uh, but there's a mistake that we make sometimes in this. I was, I was working at a church a while ago, and we had a, a kids' camp, a VBS, that our students had really, really stepped into and were running well. And we had, in particular, our high schoolers, our 10th, 11th, and 12th graders were leading groups. They were, uh, they were just showing up. It was fantastic. And then we had this problem that I, that I didn't expect. I should have, but I didn't. The adults disappeared. Because the teens were doing something, were doing the things they used to do. And so they didn't feel necessary. Can I tell you, adults, when, when people younger than you, or just other people, step into a role that you used to hold, or step into to a job that used to be yours to do, that's not an opportunity to just step away. That's an opportunity to step in and, and help and lead and be used in a different way. See, delegation, when we delegate to others, it, it doesn't require us to abdicate any authority or role or anything we have. It just requires us to work differently in those roles. And so I, I would just encourage you to continue fighting over and over and over again for as many people in the body as possible to be involved in the work of the body, especially as we look from generation to generation. Because our tendency is to group with people that are like us. And that is not what is helpful. And so I thank you to those of you who, who purposefully include people who are part of the body but don't operate in the same way you do. And I would encourage those of you who have been reluctant to step in or reluctant to let go that God has bigger things for you together than he ever would have if you hold on to things on your own. One more thing as we close. These are principles to apply, not a model to copy. See, Moses' father-in-law didn't come in and say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to set up a model for the church to follow in 2022, and they're going to need to put people in charge of thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens, and they're going to hear it, and there's going to be one guy who's at the top who then, no, this was a principle to apply, not a model to follow. I love in verse 23 that he even acknowledges that he may not have all the pieces together. He says, if God commands you to do so, as he's talking to Moses, he says, look, if God commands you to do this, like this is the way that you're going to need to go. I would tell you that, that God will command you to surrender things to him. We see that in scripture. That won't always look like delegation. <laughs> Sometimes there are other answers to our overwhelm. Sometimes we just let things go that die. Right? Those things just didn't need to happen. Other times, we set something down and then we open our hands and God puts it all right back in our hands. And we still feel overwhelmed. And I would just remind you that God knows what He's giving you. I, I don't love the, the saying that God won't give you more than you can handle. He absolutely will. I can handle so little. But God will give me the peace that he has for me 
through him to accomplish as part of our community. And so, as you open your hands, whatever God brings back to you, he will use it for your good because God gives good gifts. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you are interested in learning more about what we do here at FBC, please visit our website, fbcamers.org. Also, consider subscribing to this podcast so you can get a notification when our weekly sermons are posted. Again, thank you for listening to this podcast. Have a wonderful day.